Good morning. <laughs> Students, good morning. Are you surviving? This is a tough time of year, isn't it? We're praying for you guys. Assignments, exams, all of it. You guys are going to nail it. But uh, whether you're here as a student or otherwise, it's great to have you here this morning. My name is Rich Crosby. I have the huge privilege of leading the team here at Grace City Church. We are a new church here in uh, Ottawa, um, having started just uh, about a year and uh, two months ago. And uh, we love the story that God has given us so far. We know that he's going to continue to write that story in the city. And uh, if you're new here with us this morning, we hope that you'll consider uh, joining us uh, in this adventure. And it has been quite the adventure so far, but we are uh, knowing God's faithfulness in every step along the way. Um, Let me start by saying that this morning's a little bit different. We're calling this a gift day. If this is your first Sunday with us, it's quite a unique first Sunday for you because I'm going to be talking an awful lot about money. Now, I know that uh, often that can make us uncomfortable. That's not my aim this morning in a bad way. Uh, But uh, if you have any questions about anything that you hear this morning, anything in the area of finance or what the Bible teaches about it that I don't go into this morning, just come and find me afterwards. I'd love to arrange a time to uh, meet up for a coffee, and uh, we can uh, chat, uh, and, and I'll do my best to answer any questions that you might have. Um, when you came in, uh, on every other chair, there is an envelope and a pen, all right? Um, the uh, thinking behind that is later on, when we have an opportunity to give and to invest, um, it is helpful for us uh, to have your details so that we can sort out the, uh, the tax receipts at the end of the year. That's why there are envelopes there. If you're able to give this morning, uh, just make sure that we have your details. Um, the other thing that I thought might be really good is that we're going to hand some little um, some little pins out later, and uh, if you could just prick your finger and just sign your name in blood on the envelope, um, it's just something we do as a church. Don't be weirded out about it, okay? Um, we just thought that might show your commitment, so uh, we don't want it to hurt too much, but we want it to hurt a little bit. So um, if you could give that some thought, no, there will be no blood on the envelopes, only ink, please. All right. Um, You're going to have to bear with me a little bit this morning because as I go through uh, the sermon this morning, I'm going to be turning around to show you um, a couple videos of what God is doing in some other cities around the world that part of what is given this morning we'll be investing in. So I'll be here to the laptop. I'll be here with my Bible and with my notes. It might be a little bit messy, but uh, thank you in advance for um, your understanding. Can I pray? Can I pray? And then we'll get into this together. God, thank you for such a beautiful morning. God, thank you for such an incredible city. God, we love this city. We love this part of the city. God, we love the culture. We love the arts. We love the business. We love the universities. We love the life, the vibrancy uh, here in in Ottawa. And uh, God, we, uh, as a church, we want to exist for the good of this city. We want to bring the good news of Jesus Christ into this city. And God, thank you for how you've been with us over this past year and a bit, just helping us do that already. God, so many encouraging stories, definitely challenging moments, but so many encouraging stories and just clear examples of God with us. God, thank you that you're with us this morning. Thank you that you're for us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me wisdom in choosing my words well this morning. God, that that your heart for uh, money, but really for all provision, uh, would really come through, God. And I pray this for the glory of Jesus in Ottawa and beyond. Amen. Amen. All right, well, as I said, we're talking about money this morning. A little bit of a different talk that's going to be kind of spaced out a little bit with some videos to show you what you're going to be investing in if you, if you are able to invest this morning. But let's just, let's just acknowledge this right at the very beginning. 
Talking about money sometimes and hearing about money is tough. It's something that we don't like. And that would apply to Christians in the room, people that have said that they've given their lives to Jesus. That would also apply to people in the room who maybe have just been invited or maybe just checking this out, but you've not made any decision about where you stand when it comes to Jesus. When people talk about money and give instruction or encouragements or direction about what you should do or consider doing with your money, that sits uneasy with us for a whole bunch of reasons. I quickly want to start by looking at three, and I suspect that you'll agree with these. The first one would be suspicion. We just get suspicious, and not for bad reason. I don't know how many of you watch HBO and um, the show with uh, John Oliver. It's on late at night with, uh, with, on HBO. He did a segment uh, a few months ago that kind of went viral after the show where he did a real expose on what is uh, commonly referred to as prosperity gospel or prosperity gospel preachers. Now, preachers that would be kind of labeled prosperity gospel preachers uh, tend to be preachers that stand up. Um, they're they're very very polished. They they you know they wear the the white suits and and you know the the, the super bleached teeth and the uh, you know the the wives that have been modified significantly and it's just it's 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 just a strange sort of setup but they'll stand up and they'll say look if you give your money to god if you give your money to the thing that i'm telling you that you should give your money to then god will bless you god will give you the thing that you want so do you want do you want that nice new house or do you want that nice car or does your kid need to go off to university or something like that whatever it might be if you give your money to the thing that I'm telling you to give your money to then God will bless you with all of these things because God God wants to bless you but you got to give and you got to give to the thing that that I'm talking about so John Oliver did a huge expose and and, and I'm not going to name names this morning nobody cares whether Rich Crosby names names but John Oliver has this huge platform and he's naming people that do this and you're watching this segment or I was watching this segment going man these these preachers and these churches and and really as a Christian to a certain degree Christianity does not come off looking great by the time you get to the end of that segment so we're suspicious because we hear stories like that and maybe this morning even as I said I'm going to be talking to you this morning about money maybe you look at me and you say well he's wearing a baseball hat and he's wearing a a green shirt there's no intended St. Patrick's Day uh, connection by the way this is totally coincidental somebody said to me this morning oh great 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 St. Patrick's Day setup I thought thank you (laughs) but I'll take the credit but you might still be thinking well you're not wearing the white suit but you're essentially going to tell me the same message this morning. So, one, we can be suspicious. Another reason that we have a hard time with this. Number two, is that in our culture, we worship money. We just, we worship money. We see money as the way to get all of the other things that we want. If we have money, we have all of these other things, so we end up worshiping it. We end up shaping our lives around it. We end up compromising on other areas of life in this pursuit of money, because if we can have money, then we can have all of these other things. We can have our joy, our contentment, our future, our relationship, our material possessions, all of these things we associate purely with money, so we start worshiping money and just saying, money, you are are good and you are where my provision comes from and you are what I want to shape my entire life around. So much of our culture is built that way. And I say that as someone with great experience in that. I'm not pointing the finger. There's still times in my own life where I have those thoughts of, man, if I could just get this much, then I could do this or we could do that. It's a very dangerous way of thinking. 
And even right now, that's sitting a little bit uneasy because for someone in the room, I'm, I'm starting to poke your God because money is your God. And I'm identifying that. We're identifying that this morning. And there's something inside of you that, that, that's a bit uncomfortable. It's not comfortable to have our God poked. And I want to tell you this morning about a much greater God, a creator God. Money is a created thing, but there is a creator God who has existed for all of eternity, uh, who is for you, and who is also for blessing you. And we'll come on to that, but for different reasons than the, uh, the prosperity teaching. And the third thing is this, it can be simply shame and or embarrassment. Sometimes we can think, and maybe some of you have thought of this morning, oh, there's a friend that I want to invite to church, but I know this is kind of the money, the gift day Sunday, so maybe I'll just hold off until another week because it's a bit embarrassing inviting somebody to church and, and then having somebody talk an awful lot about money. Or the shame or embarrassment can be if you're a Christian thinking, I've not been obedient with my money. So there's a shame and there's kind of a guilt that you can feel that way. I want you to know straight off the bat this morning, whether it's been withholding an invitation to somebody else or whether whether you know in your heart, even before we get into this, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you're not trusting God with your money, I want you to know there's grace for you this morning. My intention is not to come in this morning and to hit you over the head and say, shame on you. Now, when the bucket goes around, make it right. No, not at all. Not at all. We are saved, we are accepted by God fully because of what Jesus Christ has done. And, and I could say in this context, because of what Jesus Christ gave not because of what you have or have not given in the past or what you have or will give in the future. It's completely dependent on Christ. So don't feel any guilt. Don't feel any condemnation or anything of the sort. There's an enemy that would love to have you feel that in a talk like this. I'm telling you, don't give in. Don't do it. Maybe there are changes. Maybe there are areas where you can trust God further. Fine, good. It's good to acknowledge that. But don't let condemnation set in because that is not God's heart for you. So those are a few different reasons why talks about money can be a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Let me just uh, inter- uh, just stop there just for um, a couple minutes. Part of what we give this morning is going to be going towards helping uh, two churches that are part of our family of churches. One is a new church in Berlin. The other is a new church in, uh, in Amsterdam. Both hugely influential cities uh, being led by uh, uh, churches being led by friends of ours. Um, friends that I hope are going to be able to visit Ottawa sometime in the next couple years and, and speak to you in person. But, uh, but people that we trust, people that, uh, that we've been in a relationship with for quite some time. So let me show you first um, a short video. I think it's just about two minutes uh, on uh, Berlin. This is um, this is Neville Jones. He leads this church with his wife Sue. They're an amazing couple. So in a few minutes, we'll watch a short video about Amsterdam uh, as well. Let me just say that if any of you ever on your travels for work, pleasure, whatever, find yourself in Berlin or Amsterdam or Brighton, which is an hour south of London, let us know. Uh, we know people that would love to host you. I would love for there to be people that are visiting uh, those churches from here in Ottawa. And we've already, in our short history as a church here in Ottawa, had uh, we've had one guest who's actually uh, found them, was studying in Montreal for a time and came over to Ottawa uh, to see us on, on a short trip to Ottawa. So um, we'd love for there to be some links kind of created there. So anyway, bear that in mind if if you should find yourself uh, looking at flights to Berlin or Amsterdam or Brighton anytime soon. I was saying a few minutes ago about the prosperity gospel teaching that it kind of starts off with this message of God wants to bless you. 
And uh, in that area, I would actually agree with them. And I want to look at this. I want to ask it more in the form of a question. Does God want to bless you? So to do that, I want to go uh, into Genesis, Genesis chapter 22. And there's something incredible that's happening in Genesis 22. I'm not going to read the verses out uh, and have them on the screen uh, behind me this morning like we normally would. I want to give you kind of a short version of the, of the history of what's happening in that chapter. Okay, in Genesis chapter 22, you have a man named Abraham and you have his son Isaac. Now, Abraham and his wife Sarah, they were getting older in age. They were beyond uh, childbearing years and they had God say to them, I'm going to give you a son. And they, you're going to give us a son. How, how could this be possible? Sarah actually laughs it off. There's, no, there's simply no way. But God clearly speaks again. No, I'm going to give you a son. And God holds true to his promise. And later on down the line, he gives them a son. And that son's name is Isaac. Now imagine if you're Abraham and you're Sarah. But let's put ourselves in, in this sense, in, in kind of Abraham's shoes. Because Genesis chapter 22 is about something that happens with him and his son. Imagine the love that you would have for your son. This son that you never thought that you would have. You never expected that he would come along. It was at physically, it was just it was just impossible. That just doesn't happen. But then God provides this son. Just think of the relationship that you would have with that son. You would prize him so, so much. You would want every decision that you made to be made for his good. You'd want to build things around him. You would love him immensely. And then it's in, in Genesis chapter 22 that God speaks to Abraham. And it's a hugely offensive story. And God says to Abraham, take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. What? This son that you... Hold on. This son that you gave me, that you promised to me, beyond kind of human uh, ability, but still you gave him to me, you're now telling me to take him and to sacrifice him? Yes. That's what I'm telling you to do. Hugely. It should, it should shock us. Christians in the room, if you have non-Christian friends who come to you and say, I just can't believe the Bible because of that story. I've had people say that to me. Don't be too quick to brush it aside because it should be shocking. Now, I do believe there's an explanation. I'm going to, I hope, fill in some of that this morning. We could do, a, we could do months on this. But, but don't just dismiss it. It's a shocking story. It's a highly offensive thing. So as we read on in this story, we read that Abraham, in obedience... My goodness, I mean, as, as a father to two young children, I cannot begin to conceive of what would be going through his head. Takes his son, brings him along, says, we're going to go out, we're going to go on this walk, we're going to go and make a sacrifice. Isaac says, where's the sacrifice going to come from? Abraham says, the Lord will provide. He's a man of faith, wrestling in his head. Is God going to provide other means or is it going to be my son? I don't know what's going on here, but I know what God has said. I know what God has said. He takes his son. He lays him on this altar. And just as he's about to sacrifice him, to kill him, God speaks. An angel appears. God speaks to that angel. says, Abraham, stop. Stop. And Isaac is not sacrificed. And then... Something is spoken to Abraham because of his obedience. And what is spoken to Abraham because of his obedience holds much of God's heart for us in wanting to bless us and the reasons why he wants to bless us. This is what God says in that moment in Genesis chapter 22. This is verse 16. God says, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this, 
stepped in obedience and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all of the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So, this foundational question again. Does God want to bless us? The answer in Scripture is clearly yes. The story of God's people starts with Abraham. And God says to him, I will bless you. I choose to bless you. I want blessing for you. So friend, if you're here this morning and you're even wondering that, things that are raging on in your life right now, students that are just, it's a struggle right now in university because of exams and pressures on you and thinking about potential career paths and all of it and others that are trying to climb the ladder and whatever it might be, relationship trouble, health trouble, whatever it might be, you might be thinking, God, do you really want to bless me? The answer is yes. Do you think that it's possible that that question might have been going through Abraham's mind as he was walking with his son? God, do you really want to bless me? Because right now this does not feel like this is a pathway to your blessing. But it was. Abraham was stepping in obedience and God said, because you've been obedient, I will bless you. I will bless you. God absolutely does want to bless us. But here's where we start to diverge from prosperity gospel teaching as a church, and many other churches in town would also diverge from prosperity gospel teaching. The reason that God wants to bless you is not just for your own well-being. The reason that God wants to bless you is not just for your own good. It's not all about us. What does God say to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22? He says this, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And then listen to this, I'm reading it again. In your offspring, what shall all the nations of the earth be blessed? God's heart for Abraham is not that his blessing would just bless him. But you know what? So that it would bless you so that it would bless me, so that it would bless men, women, children in every nation around the world. That is God's heart for blessing His people. The reason for God wanting to bless His children is that they will be a blessing to the world around them. And this is where the prosperity gospel falls short. This is why it's so tragic, because the first part of the prosperity gospel message is God wants to bless you. And we go, yeah, yeah, I've read my Bible. God, God wants to bless me. That's great. Well, just give to this, and then God will bless you, 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 you. And then we have our Western individualistic, materialistic culture that just puts pressure in on that, and it puts us at the very center of God's plan. And friends, we have never been at the center of God's plan. Jesus has been at the center of God's plan. And God wants to bless you so that you will be a blessing to others, ultimately in leading them to Christ and bringing them the blessing of the gospel and the blessing of Jesus. That's how all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's not all about us. And prosperity teaching makes it all about us. And our car, and our house, and our relationship, and even our health. My goodness, some of it is tragic. Want God to heal you? Well, just step in obedience and finance. Tragic. Tragic. That's not a God of compassion. That's not a God of grace. That's not a God of mercy. That's a cruel God if He does that. 
that's a cruel God. Well, just pay enough. Just write the check big enough, and then God will heal you or, or heal your family. It's just, oh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's demonic. It's wicked. It is absolutely wicked. God's heart for you is for your good so that you'd be a blessing to others around you as well. That's always been his heart. Let's, uh, you might be wondering, well, how? how? How do I be a blessing, really, to the city around me, to the university around me, to my neighbors, whatever, whatever it might be? We'll come on to that in a couple minutes. Let's watch this next video. This is about Amsterdam, similar to the Berlin one, um, but uh, with uh, Matt Simmons, who Skyped in last week uh, to our service, telling us a little bit about what's going on there. These are tough cities to start churches in. I've, I've visited, um, I've spent some time with the church in Berlin. Um, I, I've been in Amsterdam, not spending time with the church there uh, because it started, it started more recently. I hope to get over there at some point in the next year. And uh, they're tough cities. You know what? Ottawa is a tough city as well. Uh, Jesus talks about this. He, says that the, he essentially says that the poor know their need for... A savior. He gives it medical terms. He says the sick know their need for a doctor. The people who think they're healthy, they don't, they don't know that they are in need of, of care. Ottawa's a very comfortable city. In some ways, Berlin and Amsterdam are, are, are pretty comfortable cities. You know, people look at their lives. Let's use our city as, as our example for obvious reasons. People look at their lives and say, well, look at, look at my job. Look at my house. Look at my retirement plan. Look, look at all of the things that I have. What possible need do I have for a savior? Saving from what, they ask. So it can be very difficult. It can be very hard to find that opening. It can be easy to think, oh, but there are so many churches in, in Ottawa. There's so many churches around here. But let me tell you, churches in Centertown, there aren't that many. There are an awful lot of church buildings. Awful lot of church buildings. There are not that many churches. And many, fortunately not all, but many of the big church buildings that you see in central Ottawa are in decline. Or sorry, the congregations are in decline. They're not growing congregations. Many of them don't have many young people in them. They're one generation from, from shutting the doors. In the year and a half that Natalia and I have lived in Ottawa, there have been three stories in the Ottawa Citizen about churches that have either closed or, on, or are on the verge of closing, in one case, in a year and a half in central Ottawa. We have a huge heart for Central Ottawa friends because the population density is so high around here. There's so many people around here. And God loves people. He loves people so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, for them, for people, for people in Ottawa, for people in Centertown, Central Ottawa, Ottawa on the whole. Yes, the Central Ottawa needs more churches that are preaching the gospel, that are telling people about the grace of God. So do Amsterdam and Berlin, because there are so many people that go, saving from what? What do I possibly need to be saved from? I want to end by looking at this question, how are we to be a blessing? Because there's a link between the way that we as Christians, for those in the room who are Christians, there's a link between how we are a blessing and what I've just said about the need for more churches. Let's go back a few minutes to talking about Abraham and Isaac. This offensive story. Everybody okay? People who are going to be listening on the recording are going to be going, what in the world just happened? Everything's fine. Don't worry. Okay. Everything's fine. This horrible story, this offensive story that we read, Genesis chapter 22. 
this man, this poor man who has to, I mean, he's not poor in possession. Abraham is actually quite wealthy, but he, in the situation, this poor man, our hearts should go out to him, having to take his son, laying his son on an altar. That God intervening, God stepping in saying, no, I know I've tested you and you've passed the test. I know that you trust my voice. I know that you will do as I've asked you to do and I'm going to bless you. And through you, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. He actually says, through your seed, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Sorry, that's my son. Babe, is he okay? Was he under the... Is he, is he just shaken? Okay. Sorry, forgive the family moment there. Um, just wanted to make sure the chair wasn't on him. Um, through your seed, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Alright, that's what God says. And the seed of Abraham in that first case is Isaac, but it's not just Isaac, it's looking the whole way down the line, ultimately to who? To Jesus Christ. Now, what do we know with Jesus Christ? I just want to preach the gospel to you guys for a minute, okay? Here's what we know. That God speaks to Abraham and says, take your son and sacrifice him, and then steps in and says, no, don't. You don't have to do this. Why? Why does God get it? Why does God relate to that? Because God did take his only son. God's only son did go to the cross in your place and in mine. And there was no intervening. There was no stepping in saying, this will now stop. Jesus was put to death on the cross in your place and in mine so that we could have a relationship with God. See, friends, our city thinks that we, if we're moral enough, if, if our behavior is good enough, if we give enough money to charity, if we help enough people, you know, little old ladies across the street, if we're nice to our neighbors, if we do all of these good things. And oh, as Canadians, we love this. We're a very moral, upright people. That's, that's not necessarily bad, but it's not enough. When we compare ourselves to other nations, when we compare ourselves to other provinces or to our neighbors across the street or whatever, maybe at times we go, yeah, we're doing pretty good. But compared to a perfect and holy God, it is not enough. And we all have ways, every single one of us in this room and every single person in this city has ways that we have offended this perfect and holy God. And we have declared ourselves as God. We say, no, I'm the exception to the rule. No, God, I know better. I'm not going to listen to your voice in this. I know the right way forward. And we just cause havoc around us or have havoc caused to us. And we all have stories of this. And God, because God is a God of justice, demands that a penalty be paid for that. We all want God to be a God of justice, don't we? When we're wronged. But some of us in this room know stories of people who have been horribly wronged. And if you have a relationship with God, you want your God to be a God of justice until that justice comes to you. Until you read in God's word, oh, I'm actually one who is deserving of the justice that I so want for other people. Or God's wrath that I want poured out on other people, I'm deserving of it myself. But Jesus Christ on the cross absorbed that for you and for me. And for the people you've wronged and friends for the people who have wronged you. Jesus took the penalty on the cross for all of those things. And that means freedom. That means liberation. That means you no longer need to be a slave to these things. That means you no longer need to be a captive. You no longer need to be held down because Jesus Christ has paid the price for it all. And you can be set free. And Ottawa and Berlin and Amsterdam need to know that truth. And that message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, which is what I'm telling you right now, that message has been entrusted to the church. 
not just to Grace City Church, but to the church, to the worldwide fellowship of the followers of Jesus Christ. They are the ones who are the carrier of that message. That's why we need more churches. That's why we need growing churches. That's why we need young people like are in this room. We're not trying to build a church with young people. We want this church to be a church of all ages, all races. We want it to be diverse. We, we, we want all of that. But we do want young people as well because you are the ones that will take this gospel to the next generation and the next generation. This is why we believe that the starting of churches is so important for the advancing of the good news of Jesus Christ. What we're going to do right now, I'm going to invite Joe and Emily to come back up. They're going to lead us in some uh, more songs of worship. I would love for you to be considering, uh, if you're here this morning and you are uh, uh, able and willing to give financially this morning, consider what that might be. Let me say, if you're a guest with us this morning, don't feel the pressure, honestly. This is particularly for those that would say, I'm invested in what God is doing in this church. Um, if you want to give a gift and you're a guest, it will be gladly received. But you don't, I don't want you to feel any, we don't want anyone to feel the pressure. But we don't want you to feel like we're trying to twist your arm. I hope that's come through uh, this morning. Okay, We're going to sing a song um, that, that's going to help focus us in on what God has done for us in Christ. Um, one of you guys, this is going to get technically a bit messy now because we're going to be switching some stuff around. Um, when we sing this song, uh, partway through, there are going to be two um, champagne buckets that will come around. That's how we roll at Grace City Church. We give into champagne buckets. Um, they'll come around. If you have a gift, use the envelope if that's of use to you. If you've brought a gift in another way, put it in uh, the buckets. Um, this is for the gift day specifically. Okay, This is for the gift day specifically. At the end of the service, there's going to be another bucket that's going to be off to the side. If you are uh, regular with us as a church and you've brought just uh, a weekly gift, part of your regular offering, which is still very important. We're not taking anything away from that. Uh, there'll be a bucket off to the side after the service. You could just come and, and uh, put your gift in that for the regular giving. But the buckets that are going to go around the room in a few moments are for the gift day. And uh, I just invite you to, um, to consider how you may be able to, uh, to give. And in doing so, saying, God, I'm, God, I'm trusting you with my Isaac. <laughs> I'm trusting you with the thing that is most important to me. If it's you this morning and you know it's money, look, take that step. Say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you with this money. I choose to believe that all provision comes from your hand. It doesn't come from anything that is man made it comes from you would you stand with me and um, let me just pray again quickly father thank you that you are the giving God you are the generous God God thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your only son Jesus, we want to worship you now. We want to worship you in singing. We want to worship you in giving. Later on in the service, we want to worship you in, in, in communion, in remembering your death on the cross that you did for us, for the saving of the world, because God loved the world that much. Jesus, you went to that cross in our place. Jesus, this is all about you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now all across this room that if there are folks here this morning that are wrestling with this or even wrestling with something I said, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would... Uh, minister to them we know that you're not about condemnation we know that you're not about guilting that you would just gently come alongside and uh, God even if there's something that I've said where I've not chosen my words well Holy Spirit that you would make that right uh, God just even in hearts around this room right now and God as we give into these buckets in a few minutes for this gift day God we, we think of our friends in Berlin and in Amsterdam and um, our, our parent church back in Brighton that has sent these churches out God bless them, we pray. God enlarge their territory, we pray. 
God, give them a great harvest for the gospel. Give them people that walk into their services, that walk into their life groups, that meet through the week, whatever it might be, not knowing Jesus, and walk out of them saying, Jesus, I I want you to be my everything. God, would you do that all across these cities? Oh God, would you do it here in Ottawa? Oh God, do it here in Ottawa. We pray. We love you. Amen.